It's John the Baptist. John the Baptist makes this statement here in Mark chapter 1, verse 8. John the Baptist is no doubt for sure interesting, huh? I tell you. You know, I, when, I, when I first, I can kind of remember when I first read about John the Baptist or was told about him, I was saying like, nah, not the kind of guy I want to hang out with. Somebody eating grasshoppers and wearing camel hair and honey and that kind of stuff, man. Nah, nah. And then I found out later on, Jesus said, there's no greater man than John the Baptist. That shows that I, I am not a good judge of character. <laughs> John the Baptist is the forerunner. The forerunner of Jesus coming on the scene. And, and there would be many things he would say. It, 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 it would take hours and days of just evaluation. But, but here's what he says about this this experience of baptism with the Holy Spirit. He says this, I indeed, he says here in verse 8, I indeed baptize you with water, but he, Jesus, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He said in other cases, he also said with fire and the Holy Spirit. He says here, Mark just kind of simplifies it for us. And brings it to the case that the fact is that Jesus is the one that is baptizing or submerging, covering. The, the, the whole emphasis is just to, to look at it as a covering thing. Now, the phrase Holy Spirit, John the Baptist is the first one that brings it out here in the New Testament. But my gosh, David said it in Psalm 51. David coins the term, the title, Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist pulls from, from David. And emphasize something that Jesus would be the one who would personally do. It's a matter of terms, and I'm not going to get weird on the terms. But Jesus is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. He is the baptizer. He is the one that, that lets the Holy Spirit be released. Be released. You heard Pastor Tyler talk about it, and I won't go more into it, but just the very fact is, of the of the fear today people have been spooked and by the holy spirit and what was called the expression of the holy spirit and in some cases wasn't the preacher on tv sometimes you know what i'm saying and and i've been to churches in, in my growing up as a christian that sound like beirut <laughs> rapid machine gun fire going off man and just grenades blues and, you, and everybody's like, praise the Lord. And people, people getting hit with each other and blood coming out of people's noses because the, the person hit them behind them. And, and people are saying, praise the Lord. <laughs> and, and I can remember me saying, you know what? I, I don't want to deal with that. I just don't want to go there. That's too profound for me to understand. And, and you step away. You step away. You step away from something. And, and Satan gets the victory, doesn't he? Satan will get the victory. Because the very thing of what we could easily fear, because it's been abused, misused, horribly misrepresented. The Holy Spirit is so needed today. You can hear it in, you can hear it in Jesus' words. I, I, I got to go to the Father, because if I don't go to the Father, the Holy Spirit can't come. There, there's something about him being at the right hand of, of the Father, him interceding on our behalf that dispatches the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. 
And Jesus says, I got I to go. I know, I know you guys don't understand it. You ain't getting it. I, I know we've had this great friendship for these years. But you know what? I got to go. Because the Holy Spirit needs to come. And everything that he brings with his coming is, is just, a, it's just a blessing to us. Whether it, be, whether it be the fruit of the Spirit or whether it be the gifts of the Spirit. And we'll, we'll hear other guys talk about that this weekend. The fruit of the Spirit. Developing in me, developing in you the character of Jesus. Being more like him. And boy, we need to. We need to surrender and yield to that fruit being born, produced into our lives. So I can be more of a person who, first of all, just loves. Just loves. Left to ourselves? Oh, yeah, we can love. Hagendas. <laughs> Double scoops. And, and my love and my affection with my flesh totally arises to a place that only is self-centered and self-focused. Focus. I just want to do it. I just love what I want to love. But no, it's that agape love. It only can come by way of the Holy Spirit. That joy. That joy. And, and some people in this room or someone's looking by the internet right now. That, that is something that's been suppressed. What? Just joy. You've had it difficult. You had a difficult childhood. You had, you had a difficult marriage that just blew up, exploded. And now you're back and forth with the children and this broken relationship, whatever it may be. You're dealing with cancer and, and, and you're afraid it's coming back. It's, and the list can go on and on and joy can be suppressed. But there's joy in the Holy Spirit. There's love in the Holy Spirit. There's peace and and there's faithfulness and everything that we need. But it comes with the baptism with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You'll be hearing more about that this weekend. That you and I can do something beyond our own capability. X, X talks about it, huh? Jesus said you'll be, you'll be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And he says, in being baptized, in being filled by the Holy Spirit, you'll you, you have a dunamis kind of experience. You ha you'll have a, a dynamic that goes beyond yourself. And boy, Peter sure had that. That wasn't the same Peter on the second chapter of Acts than the Peter that was denying Jesus not long before that. This man stood up. He was a little Peter. <laughs> Look at Pete over there. Because that that acts one eight power dynamic. Peter was moving in that. It says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So having this, ex not just this experience, but also what comes with it is valid and very important and necessary. And, and I don't have to explain to this bunch here tonight. It, it, it's important to see the Holy Spirit manifest himself in these last days. It really is. The people need to see the best of God being demonstrated by his children. And that only comes by way of the Holy Spirit filling our lives, baptizing us. Don't, don't, get, don't get crossed on the terminology now. Not to suggest it's not important, but we're just talking about having the Holy Spirit have residence in us. 
in fullness of a way to where we're moving. We're moving his way. It's in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Romans 14, verse 17. We talk about, or excuse me, Paul talks about here and we read about this issue of the Holy Spirit in the kingdom of God. Je Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his, all of God's righteousness, all of his right order. He says, you do that. He says, you do that. And then you you'll find that your life just works. Things will just rain upon you. Things will just come upon you. And it's not just some kind of get and grab kind of thing. No, Jesus want, wants his, his followers. He wants the children of God to move in a light that is confident in, in resources, in provision that comes from the Lord. And, and Jesus said, but, but there, there, there's something you got to do. You got to seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus said, when you pray, pray, pray something like this. Your kingdom come your will be done. Your kingdom come. Jesus said, the kingdom of God, those who take it, they take it by force. There's resistance. There's conflict. Jesus also said, those who enter the kingdom of God, they press into it. There's resistance into it. There's resistance in having it. What is the kingdom of God? Most people would answer, and, and it wouldn't be necessarily a wrong answer, but it's not a complete answer. Most people would say the kingdom of God is, is having the rule of Jesus, the, 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 the ordered rule of Christ in my life. Well, that, that really sounds good. You get, you get, a, you get a C plus. <laughs> if I was great, yeah. And I don't mean that to be crude. I mean, at least you're passing the class. <laughs> I, I taught Bible college for a few years, and I used to say that to him. You know, at least you're passing. Take it and be thankful. You see. I think it was A.W. Tozer said the best Bi the best commentary for the Bible is the Bible. I, I should be answering questions scripturally. So here's Paul in Romans fourteen seventeen. You know it by heart. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, boy. But sometimes we do, man. You ever had that? That cheeseburger, boy, that cheeseburger was <laughs> close to God's kingdom. <laughs> now, he's not talking about food that way. He's talking about the, the debate here in chapter 14 is dealing with food that's sacrificed to, to idols and stuff like that. And they were getting kind of legalistic. And Paul says, there's nothing in an idol. Idols don't have anything living. Up. Listen, eat the food. And he says, by the way, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. And he says, but look, he says, but it is three things. It's righteousness. First of all, he says there, it's righteousness. That means things working out right for your life. You in right relationship with the grace of God and, and order of God. You in right relationship if you're married to your spouse. You in right, right relationship in raising your children for the glory of the Lord. You in right relation in whatever, whatever vocational pursuit that you have. Things just work rightly. They work rightly in order in the kingdom of God. Not only righteousness, then there's peace, the second one. There's peace. There's a sense of quietness and rest of heart. Oh, we need that today, especially in this world today. We need to have a sense of peace, a sense of knowing that, you know what, it's going to be okay. It's going to be you and I shouldn't be freaking out like the world does. We know that there is a a king in the kingdom 
and his name is Jesus. That's why it's real. Well, we've got to be real careful. And I say this to me as much as I present it to you. Got to be real careful how much that I, I, I invest time and passion into our own government. I'm not saying we shouldn't vote. I believe in that. We got a flag, American flag, flying in our church. I'm, I love our country because I've been some other places. <laughs> I've been to Moscow, Russia. I've been to Cuba. <laughs> I've been to other places, Serbia, and and man, we we got it good with all the with all the things that we didn't get right in the beginning in our history. Praise God, we made them right. I ain't got to worry about picking cotton on Monday. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because we, we didn't keep doing that stuff. And that's, that's not some kind of Uncle Tom guy. I'm up here just trying to appease you people who don't share my same skin color. No, I, I'm saying that because America's good, man. It's, a, it's better than Iran. Ladies, if you come a long way, baby, here in America, you wouldn't in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and, and all the things, all the things that we're, we, we, we didn't get right, we, we work at them. But it's a different America now, isn't it? It's a different America, and we need peace. We need peace. The spirit of Antichrist is moving in America like, like no other way he's ever had. We've got to move on. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy. Talked about joy earlier. Having a sense of joy. Having a sense of calm delight. Notice he says here, these three things. Righteousness, peace, and joy. That they're in the Holy Spirit. They're in the Holy Spirit. I just wanted to build a case quickly. That you and I need the Holy Spirit to, to line us up rightly with, with everything that God wants for us. And he wants righteousness. He wants peace. And he wants joy in our lives. So we seek these things. The Holy Spirit is the one that delivers these things. Our responsibility to the Holy Spirit's fullness, and we are responsible. Number one, we need to recognize the Holy Spirit. Tyler talked about that. Need to recognize. He needs to get place of recognition. Because he can be, he can be just set to the side and, and not have him. We talk about that quenching thing. We'll talk more about that even tomorrow. That whole quenching, that whole sense of, 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 of a grieving of the Holy Spirit. Talk about that, Lord willing, tomorrow. But we need to recognize him. We need to recognize his, his place in the life of the believer. I need to give him that place. I need to give him that recognition. We also need to recognize our great need for the Holy Spirit. Really need to, to, to recognize that. Take, take it from David. Again, Psalm 51. Here's David who was messed up. Right? He messed, and and he, didn't, he didn't come to the realization that, you know what, I messed up. i got to make this right. No, the prophet got in his face and called David out in his sin. And here's David concerned about two initial things. Number one, he's concerned that God would cast him out of God's presence. And then he said this, and please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. That's an Old Testament dude saying that. Sounds like something we say in the New Testament. Don't take the effect. Don't take the move. Don't take the, 
the ability that I need. David was a man who was so devoted to God. And, and, and he, again, he comes with that phrase, Holy Spirit, which is totally just a, the point of God working in his life or the proof of God working in his life. We, we need to recognize we really need the Holy Spirit. We really need him. And then thirdly, we just need to ask. We need to ask for the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you being evil, which we are at our best without him, we stay that way. Being evil, how how you give good gifts to your children? So you being evil, Jesus said you can do that. You give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give? And then Jesus kind of just takes it to a whole different level. He didn't say give good gifts, but Jesus said this. How much more would your father, your heavenly father, give the Holy Spirit to him who asks? Boy, Jesus is really on this Holy Spirit thing. Yeah, yeah, John said he would be. John the Baptist said he would be. He's the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. He's going to come and he's going to bring this point of understanding that the Holy Spirit is for sure necessary. The service the, the, the services is that we need to be moving in the in the Holy Spirit is very, very important. Accepting the very fact is that we we don't move in him greatly. There was an old preacher and he was God was doing revival through his life. And 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 Charles Finney was was out there in the New York area and Rochester and preaching. And man, one time. He was at a place and the, and the time for him to preach was seven o'clock and he wasn't there, but they knew where he was. He was out in the woods praying and the guy who orchestrated the meeting, the church was full of people and and he was nervous. And so he walked out to the woods and he found Charles Finney on his knees, agonizing. The man describes it himself. He says it looked like that Mr. Finney was was like having a nervous breakdown or something. And he's there just crying out, crying out. And the man just, we got to start the service. We're late. And he reached over and he touched Charles on the sh back of his shoulder and said, Mr. Finney, Mr. Finney. And Charles, uh, Charles Finney looked up and he said, the people are ready. And Charles Finney said, but I'm not. And he stayed there until... He was filled with the Holy Spirit. We got to know that we don't have it. We got to know that we don't have it unless he gives it to us. Unless he gives us the Holy Spirit and brings us to a place of, of filling us to that. It's, it's great. It's, it's important to come to the recognition that I need to ask. And I don't have it. Young teenage girl was riding her bike and fell into a ditch, a drainage ditch, and, and just ripped, ripped into her thigh. And, and the infection was just so bad, they had to, they had to amputate her leg, right, right, right there at, at the top of her thigh. And um, while she was in post-op, her mother was there sitting there by the bed, and, and the girl was starting to wake up. And while she's waking up, she's She's rubbing the now wrapped nub of her leg, her missing leg that was amputated. And her mother kept taking her hand and wouldn't move it out of the way. But even as she was coming to consciousness, she kept 
She kept rubbing that. She kept feeling it. And the mother went, no, I don't do that. The doctor came in and, and he caught the mother doing just that, taking her hand. And as the girl was rubbing and, and feeling, taking her hand. And the doctor said, ma'am, don't, don't do that. She said, I, I don't want her to, 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 to recognize it. Ma'am, the quicker she recognizes that the leg is gone, the better she can start healing. And there's something about you and I recognizing what we don't have, what we don't offer, what we can't give. We bring nothing except what, what God gives us to bring. So walking in the Holy Spirit, walking in the Holy Spirit, that comes from Galatians 5, 25. Walking in the Spirit, being baptized with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. My gosh, Thomas, what, what, what do you want me to be? I want you to be all that. I want you to let the baptism of the Holy Spirit fill your life and, 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 and realize that you probably need to keep getting refilled. Because you and I, it's not real popular dialogue, but you and I leak. We leak. And we need the Holy Spirit. We need to be walking and living in. We need to do that. Galatians 5.25 says, if we live or, or live in, if we live in the Holy Spirit, so let us walk. That means let us move into the Holy Spirit. Let us move there. Let us, let us move in the Spirit. Let us have activity, that walk, activity to move in the Holy Spirit. And Galatians is right on with that. And that's what I want to just share here for a couple of minutes on, on how we move in the spirit. I, I, I want you to consider this. I want you to consider this prayerfully. I, I'm not thinking when I say that, I'm not about to tell you something really strange. You're going to say, oh, that's weird. I'm not going to do that. But but I think only like like Tyler was saying, there are things that need to be prayed, prayed through. And let me tell you something that needs to be prayed through, I think is very crucial. There are some things, and even with the Holy Spirit, I would, I would suggest all things when it comes to spiritual awareness and knowledge has to be Holy Spirit taught. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would teach you and I all things. There are things that we need to be, that needs to be taught by him. We're going to have a time, Lord willing, here in a, in a little bit. A time of just us, us having a time of reflecting upon and looking to the Holy Spirit. And, and much of this, not all of it, but much of it will be you and I giving place to the Holy Spirit to, to give us understanding about something. Because I'm going to encourage us to be real, real, I say this facetiously, be, be real selfish tonight. I want, I want you to think about, yeah, the, the, the Bible says he who speaks in tongues, it's in 1 Corinthians 14, he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. I don't know any Christian that doesn't want to be edified. Amen. You want to be edified? Think about you. Think about what you need. And think about the very fact is of you letting the Holy Spirit give you a, a, another language. To, to express. It's not something that anyone got to hear. No, it's, it's spiritual prayer. It's just spiritual prayer. It's not the gift of tongues. We're not talking about that necessarily. We're just talking about you having a, a language that's, that's fueled by God and it gives you edification. It builds you up. 
But see, the Holy Spirit has to teach us that, has to teach us a lot of things. We talk about revelation. We'll talk about that. Tyler, Tyler will be talking about that in one of the workshops tomorrow. Spiritual revelation. Having, you, him giving you spiritual insight. You seeing stuff. Things revealed to you. Things that may have been hidden, they come to manifestation. It's the Holy Spirit that needs to teach you and I how to, to see those things come to pass. Because one of the greatest dangers is we get everybody just clumped together and one person says, let me show you how to do it. <laughs> you know, let's all speak in tongues. Should have bought a Honda. <laughs> and I said, did he just say I should have bought a Honda? <laughs> and, and, you, and you can do that and it becomes just fruitless. It becomes fruitless. But there's something about, there's something about and I've experienced it by the grace of God, and many of you have, about the Holy Spirit just saying, just say the syllable I'm giving you in your head. By faith, speak it. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, as the Spirit gave utterance, they spoke. It's the Spirit that teaches. It's Him that gives the utterance. And it's talking about tongues. But also if it be a gift, of, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, you're going to have some opportunity tonight to, to, to minister to the whole tonight. We're just going to take some time and do that. But, but I want to say it's Holy Spirit taught. We move in the Holy Spirit by being taught by Him in moving. Let me just share with you some things here as we come to an end of this session about what you and I need to move in when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We're talking about this Galatians 5.25 thing. We're walking in the Spirit. We're moving in the Spirit. Here's When we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, here's what you and I need to move in. Number one, and I, and I think, I think, I, you know, I like Paul. <laughs> Paul said that one time to the Corinthian church, I think I got the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I, I love it when I hear, so Paul was saying, I think I'm right about this thing about women when they're prophesying they need to wear veils or something over their heads. And it's amazing. He says, I, I think I have the Holy Spirit. I think, and I like it. I like to hear that. Because those things need to be thought through and biblically affirmed. And, and I said all that to say, I, I do believe that these are in priority. And, and I say, like Paul, I think I have the Holy Spirit. Number one, that we need to move in the love of the Spirit. Number one, we need to let the Holy Spirit move us into the love of the Spirit. It's Romans 5, 5. Romans 5, 5 says this. The love of God has been poured out into our hearts here it is. How? By the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? You and I do not think of God's love. You and I need the Holy Spirit to pour God's love into our hearts. That's one of the, that's one of the biggest problems that we, we're left with. Not to demean it or, or in any way lessen it, but Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, isn't enough. I'm saying it's good, but yes, we got the, the Bible that affirms his love. We got the cross that shows his love, but we have the Holy Spirit that pours it out in our lives. I, 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 mean, I tell you, when, you, when the cancer doesn't go away, you need the Holy Spirit to shed his love into our hearts, don't we? When the marriage is over, 
When the child, you find out your child is strung out on crystal meth. When you get into these, a devastated situation, you just can't think of the love of God. Even though we think of it and it's right, it's good. We need to come to a place to where we know that God loves us. And it's poured out into our hearts, into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Number two, we need to move in the conviction of the Spirit. Oh, now he said the C word, conviction. Say this with me. Conviction is good. Say it. Yeah, oh, I thought I was in Trustville, Alabama. Say it one more time. Conviction is good. There we go. That's my man back there. Yeah, buddy. And, and it's important to understand that conviction is good. It is a good thing. Now, condemnation isn't good. Condemnation, I, that, that's, that's of the devil. The Bible tells us that. God doesn't condemn. But conviction is a good thing. And we have the Holy Spirit who convicts us. Joel and I, Joel and I were talking about this, this important thing. Joel's going to be sharing on revival on Sunday morning, Lord willing. And what a neat thing he was talking, we were talking about, just the importance of the conviction of the Holy Spirit working in the midst of revival. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, verse 8. John chapter 16, verse 8. Jesus says, and when he comes, talking about he, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, when he comes, he will do three things. He will convict the world of three things. He'll convict the world. That's, that's everybody. The same God who so loves the world <laughs> that he gave his only begotten son, he will convict the whole world too to people who give place to the Holy Spirit doing this. He'll convict the world, first of all, of sin. See, that, that, that's what drew you and, and dried you and I to, excuse me, to come to the grace that we have in Jesus Christ. We're convicted of our sin. The, 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 the law of God, we knew it. We knew we didn't stand up to it rightly. And then, then next, the Holy Spirit says, you're a sinner. You're a sinner. Convict, convince. Next thing he says here, he will not only convict of sin, but secondly, and of righteousness, Jesus says. The Holy Spirit will convict the right. That is just what is the right thing to do. What is the right? You can take the chestness off of it, righteousness, and just say, just right. He's going to convict us of what is right. What is what we're supposed to do. I, I have opportunity and I'm grateful for it. Opportunity to, to, to meet with people and, and, and talk with them scripturally, but also talk with them, hopefully, Inviting the Holy Spirit to have place in what we kind of call a counseling or something like that, a counseling session. And, and, it, and it won't work with just Bible study. And I'm all for Bible study. I, I do a lot of that. But, but when it's coming to a person here, here's a guy here who, who has now went too far with that girl at work. And, and now he's wondering if... He should just bail out his marriage and just go with this girl. Just, just, just define what is the right thing to do. We need the Holy Spirit to do that. That guy there who's sitting there, who I've seen him come to our church, and he brings a Bible when he comes. He, he right now needs the Holy Spirit to convict him of what is the right thing to do. And, and that's to go home. I can sit there and beat him up and tell him how much of a jerk he is. But, but, what, he, but what he really needs... And he can have available to him if he's open to him, the Holy Spirit of sin, righteousness. And look at the third one and judgment, the judgment to come. 
I tell you, that, that's what sobers us up. You and I need the soberness of knowing that you and I will give account for God. Praise God, we who are Christians, we won't give account for our sins. Hallelujah, they were nailed to the cross. Jesus died for our sins. He took our sins. He atoned, that theological word. He atoned for our sins on the, on the cross. Okay, But the Bible does say you and I will give account for what we did with what God has given us to do. Jesus also said, which scares me, sp spitless. You ever been spitless? Man, you can't even get... That's a heck of a scare. And what scares me spitless has to do with my mouth. Jesus says that every man will give account on Judgment Day the words that he spoke. Idle words. Every idle word a man speaks, he'll give account on Judgment Day. Man, I didn't said enough already. Just idle words. Just letting stuff fly, you know, and, and you let them fly and you, well, you just say it because it's funny. I know it's not all that appropriate, but it's only us guys here. It's just the men's group. And you say it and you know you crossed the line. It was not a word of edification. Jesus says, watch your mouth. Careful. But judgment is something that you and I need to be aware of. It is sobering. It is, it is a very important thing to have is the idea that I'm going to give account to God one day. And all of us will give account. And it's only the Holy Spirit that brings that kind of conviction. That's why conviction is good. Thirdly, we need to move or walk in the Holy Spirit in the renewal that's in the Spirit. In the renewal of the Spirit. Primarily, our minds transformation of our minds. We're going to have tonight opportunity for you to, to, to get prayer from some guys tonight and women up here tonight. If you feel, women can go to women, guys to guys, however you feel. And, and a lot of it will be, I, I need the Lord to transform my thinking. I'm thinking wrong. I remember years ago, you know, when you're just young and dumb. And I was just young and dumb as a minister. Young and dumb. Been, ain't been married double digits yet. Kids or babies. And I'm thinking I got something to say. And you find out you only got what the Bible says to say. But, but coming off with something, coming out with something, ha having something to say about something, and being very careful to think that I got to be careful what I say. I got to be careful what, what I say. And we talked about that same thing before. And, and realizing the very fact is that I need God to re renew my mind. I remember talking to a young kid in our youth group whose parents told me he, he was, he was, he was, they didn't say the word thought. He was thinking about it. But that's what he said when I talked to him. Well, I'm thinking that, you know what, I, I, I have a same, I have a same, uh, uh, gender attraction, you know, that I, I, I think I'm gay. I said, say it again. He said, I think I'm gay. And you know what I said, being young and dumb? I said, stop thinking that. <laughs> that's stupid. And see, that's all I could just come up with until you learn a little bit more. You realize, no, this, this boy needs his mind transformed. And I can't just do that with a verse. Even though it would be great to do it a verse, but without the Holy Spirit kind of imparting that verse in there, 
This kid's going to still think that. He's going to leave here thinking that. There has to be a transformation of the mind. And you and I need our minds transferred. We need, to, we need the Holy Spirit's help to deal with our heads when we're locked in, mindset on something. We need to be able to let it go. Let it go. We live in a Navy town. And I love the different things and different expressions and actions they do. And one of them is a wave off. A wave off is when a jet's coming into the, car uh, to the carrier and landing. If, if the guy who is bringing the, car the, the, the jet in and he has these flags and he looks at the position of the jet and how the jet's coming in and how fast it's coming, how low it's coming. And he decides, he decides that his incoming landing is not good and he will quote, wave him off, and that guy will accelerate and take that jet straight up and won't hit that carrier. He won't do that because it's dangerous him to do that. Oh, if we have the Holy Spirit who can tell us, wave off. <laughs> Get that out of your head. Get that thinking out. And we need that renewal. We need to walk in that renewal of mind by the Holy Spirit. So important. Two more. Two more. We need to move by the voice of the Spirit. Need to move by the voice of the Spirit, in the voice of the Spirit. Need to move. Um, Jesus said that, we quoted it earlier. This is from John 16, 13. However, when the whole, excuse me, when the Spirit of truth has come, when the Holy Spirit, Jesus calls him the Spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth and he will tell you things to come. There's conversation here in John 16, 13. There's conversation that's coming from the Holy Spirit. And you and I need to be able to identify his voice. That, that, that's really important, no doubt, when Jesus made it very important in John chapter 10, where Jesus says, I call my sheep by name and they know me. It is something so beautiful and powerful for Jesus to call you by name. And because and, and, our name ends up becoming pretty much pretty much how we identify. And, and Jesus is saying, I, I call you by where you identify. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. They, they won't go to another voice. They'll, they'll just hear mine. And I hope I hope that you are walking in the blessing, the blessing of hearing. The voice of Jesus, the blessing of hearing the voice of the spirit, what the spirit is saying. And lastly, number the last one is that we, we need to move in the revelation of the spirit. And, and again, Tyler's going to talk about that in his group, in his workshop tomorrow. But there is a verse is Ephesians chapter one, verse 17. Ephesians 1, 17. Paul says to this church in Ephesus that the that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, give you what? Here it is, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He says that, that you'll be given the spirit of two things, wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. You and I really need to see Jesus as he is. Praise God we have the book of Revelation. Could you imagine that book? And, and, and early when they were putting the Bible together, the canon of Scripture, Revelation was thought about being not excluded. It was just like, oh, yeah, it's just too wild. Could you imagine if the Bible ended with Jude? <laughs> yeah. Another book was James. James was really, 
you know, and a lot of people, oh, you just putting James in there because he's the half the brother of Jesus and stuff like that. And it seems like seems like James was in conflict with with this grace thing, which he's not. No, he just has no problem saying, you know, that 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 works without faith is dead. Our faith without works, excuse me, is dead. Faith without works is dead. You, you got your faith needs to be seen. Can you imagine if James was not in the Bible? God, God designed that. But going back to the book of Revelation is that it's called that. Most people don't call it that. Most of us just say, well, I'm in the book of Revelation. The Bible actually calls it the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the revelation of him. We, we see him. We see him. You guys are studying that here on Sunday mornings, I think. And, and you, you're studying the revelation. Man, you see those seven churches, man. He made himself revealed to them. And Jesus wants to, if we let him, if we move in the baptism with the Holy Spirit, Jesus wants to reveal himself to us. I'm not talking about something with your natural eye. I'm not talking about something that's going to, you know, you know, you know, I understand running away from people who did. Man, I was in my bed last night and Jesus sat on my bed. And we talked for hours about the universe. And the star constellations. And, and, you know, I'm looking at every time I look at the Bible, when Jesus came on the scene, people dropped to the ground. John said, I fell to the ground as dead. <laughs> Abraham saw Jesus. because Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. As soon as Jesus revealed himself as the Lord, Abraham hit the deck. You know, I have this. Why am I talking about this casualness kind of? We were, we're, guilt, we're guilty of that and we have to be ashamed of ourselves that we brought Jesus down to, you know, hey, he's, he's my good buddy. I know he's, he's our friend. He said that. He calls us friends. But holy is his name. And there's something about any time he reveals himself in, in the mind of our spirit. Again, I'm not talking about something literal. I'm going to be careful with that kind of stuff because cults are made out of People who see some stuff like that. Um, I'm talking about just him revealing himself to you as he is. And having this revelation in the spirit, having this revelation of wisdom to apply the right thing and of revelation in the knowledge of who he is. There's an invitation that's given by Jesus here in closing. There's an invitation that's given. And the invitation is in John chapter 20, verse 22. John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus says something, and, and I don't say this in any way to be disrespectful, but in, 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 in my eyes, man, this was weird. It says, and when he had said this to them, he had talked about them, and he told them about the very fact is that he was going away, he was going to be, you know, and so we see this resurrected Jesus talking to these guys. And, he, and while he was talking to them, it says he breathed on them. Man. I think about the preacher on TV doing that stuff, too. You know, you're going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. And, and then he breathes on people. Oh, falls in the ground. Man, you, do so, that's, you know, that's something exclusively Jesus can do. And he does. But, but, but me in my weird mind, I wonder what Jesus did. I mean, how did he breathe on them? Did he just... <laughs> or... See, that just shows how this weird I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm more concerned about what he did than what he was doing. <laughs> and see what he was doing. It says there at the end of the verse, 
he was he was telling them because he is the creator receive the holy spirit <laughs> wow it ain't the day of pentecost yet but he's opening them to reception of the holy spirit he would tell P peter peter you call me the Christ, the Son of the living God? He said, guess what? Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, Peter. You ain't that good. Okay? No, he says, my Father in heaven revealed that to you. And Tyler talked about it. Every connection we have with God is by way of the Spirit of God. That's why we're into doves in Calvary Chapel. That's why we're into doves. We're not just bird lovers. <laughs> our, our flagship church had, uh, our founder had a dove behind there, and, and it was everything of just to emphasize the, the importance of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And the very fact is that the Holy Spirit was very essential in the move. Not, not just him alone, no, because Jesus said he didn't even talk of himself. He's going to talk of me, Jesus said. He's going to glorify me. The Father, the Creator, the Son, the Savior, and the Holy Spirit the one that gives empowerment. The one that connects us and seals us. Jesus said, as he breathed on them, receive the Holy Spirit. One of those ships that came over from the, to the new land was coming here to the new land. One of them was named, and I, 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 I love its name. It's called Godspeed. Godspeed. It, it was in the early 1600s that this boat launched out to come and find this place where they can practice freedom of religion and not have to swear to the Church of England. And, and Godspeed, what a, what a great term. It, it, it means everything of just God, God's order, God's moving. And, and, and I want to encourage you here. I want to encourage you, and I'll just say the word to you. To you, Godspeed. And the only way you and I are going to accomplish Godspeed is by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to move that way. Amen. 